Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 298. Have you ever thought of making the jump to a sweet stateroom for your next Royal Caribbean cruise? Suites do come with a higher price tag, but they also have their own set of perks and benefits that may factor into that decision. I'm sharing a few things on this episode that you might want to know when you start to consider if the increased price is quote-unquote worth it. Here we go. When I first started cruising, I'm pretty sure we never thought that we would stay in anything more than maybe a balcony room. To us at that point in our lives, budget-wise, it just was a suite was just something that was kind of, you know, it was almost funny to think about. In the same way that you laugh when you talk about things you'll do after you win the lottery, uh, booking a suite was kind of in that sort of thought because we just assumed that a suite stateroom on a Royal Caribbean cruise would just be so inherently more expensive and out of our price range that it just wouldn't make any sense. And for many years, even after I started RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, we never stayed in a suite. You know, suites are something that I think a lot of people look at in that regard, especially when they first start cruising. But as we cruise more and more, and we started kind of understanding the pricing nuances of cruises, and also I think uh, part of it was that our, our you know, we, we started earning more money from our day jobs and were able to be a little more affluent in terms of what we were able to do. I feel like suites started entering the equation into what we can book. And at the end of the day, and what I talked about at the very beginning of this episode, is that suites are a splurge, and they can be a somewhat expensive splurge. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to be paying more for a suite than you will be for a balcony room, that you'll be more than a from an inside and an ocean view room. I mean, it's just suites are of that nature. But it doesn't mean that suites have to be inherently, prohibitively expensive beyond where uh, you know normal people can't afford them. We're not talking about you know, affording Lamborghinis or buying a mansion here. We're talking about a almost, I, I like to think more of like a first class experience on an airplane where, you know, in a lot of cases, the upgrade cost between first class and economy, it's not nothing. But at the same time, the price gap is not impossible for normal people, as I like to say, to be able to afford. And if you're looking or considering staying in a suite, I think first thing you have to understand is that the price of suites vary greatly. And when I look at booking a cruise, I don't usually go into it saying, I want to stay in this particular category of room. I don't think we've ever gone into a cruise saying, I'm definitely booking a suite for this particular sailing. I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe my wife recalls differently, but I don't recall ever going into it with that kind of a, a mentality. Really what it is, is I look at it kind of like, here's a sports analogy for you, it's kind of like being in a draft for a mate for a sport, whether it's baseball or basketball or football. You know, sometimes when you when it's a team's pick, whether the second pick or the 70th pick, you oftentimes hear the, the phrase, you know, they're looking at what's best on the board, what's available for them, the best option at the time. And that applies to booking cruises. I kind of look at it when I book a cruise, what is the best choice available for me at any given time. And, you know, you basically what I like to do is see what's the price breakdown. I'll ask my travel agent, hey, what's a suite cost? What does a balcony room cost? And what does an inside room cost? Just to see the gap. Because in some cases, the the gap to go from a balcony room up to a suite is not prohibitively expensive. Sometimes it's like thousands of dollars more and it's like, okay, well, that's just a lot of money and I don't need to spend that. But in the cases in which we've stayed in suites, almost every single time, there has usually been a very small gap or less of a gap than I was anticipating. I think we all go into our cruises with a budget in our head, you know, whether it's a number or uh, an idea or a range. We kind of go into it thinking we're going to spend about this much money or we're looking to spend about this much money. You know, there's like that ceiling in, in our mind. And when we book a cruise, 
the price is going to vary from sailing to sailing, ship to ship. And it's not to say what you booked last year will be the same price as next year, nor is it going to be if you're going on a sailing one week, it'll be the same as sailing a different week. Also, and as we've seen, if you've booked cruises before with Royal Caribbean, is that the prices have a tendency to go up and go down. There's a there's an ebb and a flow to prices, although towards the end they tend to just flow quite high. But if you can time things right, sometimes there are deals to have on a suite. And if the math works for you to book a suite, or perhaps you've thought about it but haven't, weren't sure it's right for you, I wanted to kind of talk on this episode about what you need to know, the important things to know about a suite on a Royal Caribbean ship. Because after all, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of benefits and perks to it. But I really want to focus on the important thing, the things that are really going to matter to you or certainly going to impact your overall experience. I think the most beyond some minor you know, nuances and whatnot of, of staying in a suite. And I think the best place to start when we're talking about suites is the major division in what your suite includes, depending on the ship you're on. Royal Caribbean has suite benefits that are exclusive to the Oasis and Quantum class ships. Back in 2016, Royal Caribbean began offering something completely different for its suites, a new suite benefits program on just the Oasis or Quantum class ships known as the Royal Suite class. So we're talking about Oasis of the Seas, Alert of the Seas, Harmony of the Seas, Symphony of the Seas, Quantum of the Seas, Anthem of the Seas, Ovation of the Seas, and I assume also Spectrum of the Seas, it just launched there. The Royal Suite class is only offered on these ships, and it's aimed to expand the standard Royal Caribbean Suite benefits that, you know, were to enhance what they offered. Essentially, these ships offer expanded suite benefits, and paying for a suite on these ships certainly gets you a lot more than if you were doing a suite on other classes of ships. There are three basic types of the Royal Suite class. There's the uh, C-Class, the Sky Class, and the Star Class categories. And they deliver luxurious suites as well as additional exclusive services and amenities depending on the class you book. On the whole, Royal Suite Class accommodations are among the most spacious at sea with a lot of different options for you to choose from. And these suites go beyond just typical hotel digs or sporting private balconies. Some may include private jacuzzis, expansive, (laughs) I almost said expensive, but it's also that, expansive bathrooms, dining areas, kitchens, and even lofts. They also feature the Royal Genies for the Star Class, and they're ready to help you customize your vacation in every way. They'll arrange private dining, reserve seats for every show, make reservations at suites-only restaurants, and more. And beyond that, the Royal Suite Class also includes things like a drink package, the ultimate uh, Voom internet access, and some additional and uh, better linens and bath products in select suites. Now, which one you're at, which category, whether it's Sea, Sky, or Star Class, depends on the suite you book. So junior suites are part of C-Class, and really a junior suite on an Oasis or Quantum class ship is pretty much the same thing as a junior suite on not an Oasis or Quantum class ships. But you get the Sky Class, which is pretty much most of the suites, and this includes, what's really nice is you get uh, a Voom internet code for everybody in the room, which is, even kids, which is a really nice benefit of it, of it as well. There's also access to Coastal Kitchen, which is a suite-only restaurant, and a lot of other benefits as well. And then if you get up to Star Class, which is the really top-tier suites available, then you get things like the Royal Genies I mentioned. So number one thing you want to know is there is a difference between the suites if you're on a Quantum or Oasis class ship versus the rest of the fleet. And then beyond that, if you are in one of those classes of, if you're in the Star Class, then you have to figure out where your room actually lays in terms of which, whether it's sea, sky, or star class, and then understand the benefits that come there. So it's just important to understand that there is a deviation uh, in Royal Caribbean between Oasis and Quantum class ships and other class. But all quant- all suites offer something called uh, special embarkation day perks. And getting on board your Royal Caribbean ship 
is something everybody has to do. But if you're staying in a suite, it makes it a little bit easier and a lot faster, in fact. Uh, being in a suite means you'll have a dedicated port agent to help you check in. Priority check-in means less time waiting to get yourself checked in compared to everyone else on the ship. Then, when it's time to wait to actually board the ship, you'll wait in a nicer area, often with nicer furniture, perhaps some refreshments as well, and you'll be literally among the first people to be able to book a cruise. And it's a, it's a separate area in most cases, and it allows you, again, to get on first, and you start off already in a special area, which kind of adds to that uh, allure, if you will, of having your own private spot. And really, a lot of what we're going to talk about here is having that special access, those private areas, because it really does make a difference. Now, if you are in a suite, you'll probably be getting a gold sea pass card. I say probably, because if you're getting, if you're in an Oasis or Quantum class ships in the Royal Suite class, they have a different setup there. But anyway, uh, if you're staying in a suite, You'll have a gold color sea pass card, which really allows Royal Caribbean to easily know whether you're a sweet guest or not. Now, besides having that really special feeling deep down of having a special card, the gold card allows other staff members to know that you're a sweet member. So if you go to the theater or the pool deck or, and there's something special reserved for you, the crew member can direct you immediately to it. There's no like, let me go look at your room and see what your room number is. It's crystal clear. And I mentioned if you're, it's a little different in the Royal Sweet class on Quantum or Oasis class ships. On those ships, the Royal Sweet class C pass cards are different colors to indicate if you're C class, Sky class, or Star class. So keep that in mind going ahead. But regardless of which ship you're on, if you're in a suite, you're going to be getting a different color C pass card from other guests to be able to really differentiate it. Now, I would argue this next tip is probably your part of the suite program is arguably the most important one, which is your concierge lounge access. On most Royal Caribbean ships, a concierge uh, lounge is not available on Majesty of the Sea, so other than that, uh, there's a concierge lounge for suite-level guests that offers you a private area to get away from really everything else that's going on. If you're familiar with a diamond lounge on Royal Caribbean ships, this is very similar to it. Uh, but one of the chief, be- chief benefits of the concierge lounge is access to complimentary alcoholic drinks every evening, which includes beer, wine by the glass, and select liquors. There's also hors d'oeuvres served in the evening, along with snacks during the day, and even a light breakfast in the morning. And there is a 24-hour coffee and espresso machine available to use in the concierge lounge. But beyond the free food and drinks, which are really nice, don't get me wrong, uh, the access to the lounge itself is available for 24 hours a day, and during certain times of the day, it's staffed with a dedicated concierge who will attend your individual needs. And I will tell you, the concierge staff is worth their weight in... Royal Caribbean pens or whatever whatever weight metric you want to use because the concierge can make so many things so much easier for you, whether it's getting a reservation, especially a restaurant, having a billing issue taken care of, uh, preparing yourself for a shore excursion coming up, getting off the ship sooner or earlier. Uh, they are a wealth of helpful information. And I'll be honest, I am quite astonished every time we use we stay in a suite and we use the concierge because of how much they're willing to literally bend over backwards to make your cruise experience better. So what does that really mean? You know, if you're in a if you're in a cruise port in which there is tendering involved, uh, having access to the concierge is amazing because they'll have a private tender just for sweet guests, which is amazing. It saves you so much time. If you need to get off the ship, be among the first people to get off the ship to go do something on on during a shore excursion, again, they are ones that can help you do that. On disembarkation day, on the last day of the cruise when you're all depressed, they will escort you 
off the ship. And the really important thing about this is it usually bypasses a great deal of waiting that would otherwise exist if you're waiting with everybody else. And uh, there have been many times we've taken the concierge and they've escorted us off the ship and we just blow past so many other people who are waiting to get off that ship. But because we're concierge, we're able to cut in line and move right in front of them. Uh, you know, this this is like one perk I wish I could just buy into because as a parent, Having the kids, I mean, having that kind of uh, making our lives easier with with that priority access really makes a big deal. So your concierge is somebody, if you're staying in a suite, you want to get up to the concierge lounge as early as you can on day one. Introduce yourself and start getting the ball rolling. You don't have to start going there with like a laundry list of, of requests like you're sitting on Santa Claus's lap and asking for, you know, all your presents for the year. But rather, you should be aware of if there is ever an issue. Number one, do not ever go to guest services again. You're going to the concierge lounge. That's their first stop. And number two, even if you're not sure it's possible, always ask the concierge. They're there to help. Now, beyond that, of course, we also mentioned, and we're going back to this, of course, is the complimentary alcoholic drinks. Just like the Diamond Lounge, there are complimentary alcoholic beverages provided each evening of the cruise. And this may factor into your decision to get you know, a drink package or not because every night of your cruise, Somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock until around 8 o'clock p.m., you'll have some select complimentary uh, drinks to have over there, uh, alcoholic drinks. And again, we're talking about beer, some some wines, and some basic alcohol, you know, rum, uh, tequila. You're not getting, you know, uh, you're not getting a, a lava doozy or a lava flow made here. No, no frozen drinks. But you can get some basic drinks uh, made for you. And depending on what your tastes are like, this can be a really lucrative way to save money on a cruise because of those benefits that are there. Again, you have the complimentary hors d'oeuvres there served there. Also, if you got kids, you can bring your kids to the concierge lounge as well. Uh, they can get you know uh, special drinks for them like you know Shirley Temple uh, or Virgin something or other. Uh, they can make that for you. So again, there's a lot of different options available to you. And the concierge lounge and the concierge representative is among the best benefits you're going to find there. So I definitely recommend meeting the concierge. You know, when it comes to the diamond concierge or the diamond attendant, whoever whatever their title is, you know, in the diamond lounge, I'm less inclined to go stop over there. Uh, certainly we'll go if there's an issue, but I'm less of like, Hey, I need to go introduce myself. Whereas the concierge, you really want to make good face time there because they can make, they've solved a lot of problems and, or help us avoid other issues or just simply made our lives easier. So the concierge is really a good place to go. Uh, on your cruise, especially earlier on. Go there in the evening, you can meet other sweet guests, and it's a great social experience. Uh, now, of course, it's really important to remember that your suite comes with a lot of neat features not found in other staterooms, as well as a lot more space. Royal Caribbean designed their suites to be quite desirable, with furnishings you'd be surprised to find at sea. Depending on the suite we're talking about, there are pianos, wet bars, jacuzzis, extra-large balconies, and... Uh, and more are really typical with most suites. And if you look at suite photos or go to YouTube and watch videos, you quickly realize why people pay a lot more for these special rooms. They are exquisite. And depending on how far up the suite ladder you go, the word luxurious really earns its definition. Uh, there's a lot to enjoy there. Now, again, if you're stocking you know, an owner suite or a grand suite, you really don't get access to some of these like really high-end uh, amenities. But the rooms are pretty cool. Uh, they're, they're, when you step into a suite, even an even a grand suite, which is the basic level of the real suite categories, and we're, junior suites are just suites in name, not really in practice. But anyway, when you get into um, you know a grand suite and you walk in, especially if you cruise before and you've been in other you know non-suite rooms, you'll notice the difference almost immediately. You'll be like, "Wow, was there a lot of space in here?" So that's really really nice. Now there's also a special sun deck for suite level guests on Quantum. 
Oasis, Voyager, and Freedom class ships, you'll find a private area of the pool deck dedicated to sweet guests. These lounge chairs are here uh, are a little more comfortable than other chairs in the area, and they're reserved for those that are just staying in a suite, which means less competition to fight for a chair, especially if you're not interested in getting up there super early in the morning. It makes getting a great spot by the pool deck that much easier, and I'll tell you, it's the it's the perk I really enjoy quite a bit of staying in a suite. Now, on Voyager and Freedom class ships, the suite area of the pool deck is comprised of reserved lounge chairs. On Oasis and Quantum class ships, there's actually a whole private area of the pool deck that includes lounge chairs, bar access, and more. So once again, when we're talking about the Oasis and Quantum class ships, they have more of a dedicated space. Whereas on the Voyager and Freedom class ships, you just have you have a dedicated area, but it's not nearly as ornate or expansive as you find on the Oasis or Quantum class. So. There you go. There's something nice there. Now, also, something really important you should know about staying in a suite is you look at double crown and anchor society points. One of the best benefits of staying in a suite is it helps catapult you up the crown and anchor society ladder much quicker. I get questions all the time from people who read the blog going, Matt, I want to move up to diamond. I want to move up to crown and anchor society. I want to move up. I'm at gold. I'm at platinum. How do I move up quickly? And honestly, other than just booking a sheer amount of cruises, is moving up is, is booking suites. Each Royal Caribbean cruise you book in a suite gets you double the regular Crown and Anchor Society points. That means instead of seven points for a week-long cruise, seven nights, you'll be getting 14 points. And if you're lucky enough to stay in a suite by yourself, you'll get triple Crown and Anchor Society points. So if your goal is to move up the Crown and Anchor Society uh, ladder to get attain a higher status quicker, there's no question in my mind staying in a suite is the way to go. I mean, you're just going to – you're going to – after a couple of suite stays, you'll really see progress in that, it's, it's, it's incredible. One of uh, a really important thing about staying in a suite, something I always forget about, because even though I know it's there, I just oh, I have to remember. So make sure you make a note for yourself as well. Is you get complimentary pressing service on formal night. So you pack all the clothes for your cruise, and as hard as you try, inevitably, no matter which strategy you use, there's going to be some creases, some folds, or just some plain old wrinkles because you haven't used them since the last time you went on a cruise in your clothing. If you're a sweet guest. For the first formal night, you don't have to worry about wrinkles or creases. Sweet guests get complimentary pressing service that will iron your clothes for you and return them on your formal night so that way you can look the best. All you have to do is just let your stateroom attendant know, hey, I mean, they already know you're staying in a suite, but like, I believe there's complimentary pressing for formal night. They'll say yes, of course, and you give it to them. And make sure you give it to them at least a day beforehand. So, you know, the first formal night is usually on day two. Get it to your stateroom attendant on day one so that way they can turn around iron it and send it back. And this is true not only for men, but for women as well. So take advantage of this. This is probably one of the underrated perks of staying in a suite, but I think it's pretty important to know. Now, I alluded to this last tip, uh, and this is something you should know, but if you're staying in a junior suite, you don't get all the benefits of other suites. I know the name says junior suite, but it's not really a suite. In my opinion, they should just call it, you know, extra large balcony rooms. But, you know, junior suite rooms are not considered a full suite. This means they don't get the full level of benefits that we talked about earlier in this episode. They do get some nice benefits, though. So let's go over what a junior suite guest get. You get priority embarkation, disembarkation, double crown and anchor society points for each night of your cruise, walk-in closet, enhanced toiletries, full bathtub, and C-class benefits on Oasis or Quantum class ships. And you're wondering, well, Matt, what are the C-class benefits? That includes coastal kitchen access for dinner only, luxury pillow top mattress, and enhanced or upgraded bathroom amenities. Junior suite guests do not have access to the concierge lounge, concierge service, or suites-only areas of the ship. Now, if you did book a real suite, a regular suite, you know, grand suite and above, about a week or so before, the most is about two weeks before, but usually about a week before your cruise, you should get an email from your concierge 
introducing him or herself to you and letting you know, hey, your cruise is coming up. Here are some basic important things. They send out a pretty lengthy email that touches upon some of the topics we talked about in this episode. But what you should be doing at this point when you get that email is A, looking for it, B, reading it, and then C, don't hesitate to reach out to the concierge at that point, even while you're still home, about any requests you have. If you want to make especially dining requests, do that. They can do that for you, even if you have a dining package. So you bought the dining package, you know you're supposed to wait to make reservations on board. Concierge can do that for you in advance, which beats everybody, which is great for getting really prime times at popular restaurants. That's number one. Number two, if you're going to Labadee and you want to book a cabana in the suites-only area at Barefoot Beach, they can do that for you. So let them know about that. Again, in the email, they'll probably outline that, so they'll have prices. But you want to do that as soon as you can, if, especially if you know you want to book a cabana at Labadee in Barefoot Beach. If you just want to go to Barefoot Beach in general, you're not booking a suite, you just want to hang out, you don't have to do anything special. You just show up. It's just, uh, you know, you'll flash your pass card, and then you'll be able to get into that Barefoot Beach area, which is quite nice. Um, you know, again, any other requests that you have, uh, let them know this is a really good opportunity. You can send them an email, and they're usually pretty good about getting back to you quite quickly. If you're staying in a star classroom because you're staying in uh, in the Royal Suite class and you've got a genie, your genie will contact you about a week or so before the cruise. They'll actually, what's interesting is the genies will send a questionnaire to the people that are staying in those suites. And basically the questionnaire is to kind of get to know you better and it also allows the genie to offer you some more personalized service uh, once you're on board the cruise. So look for those emails. It's really important to do. It's kind of fun also. And some of them are, some of the questions are really far out there and you might be wondering, what the heck does this have to do with anything? But there's off, I don't want to ruin anything, but there's usually a component to it that factors back into your overall experience. And um, you know, it's staying in a suite is again, as I talked about earlier, is a lot like go upgrading to first class on an airplane. You can make a pretty good argument that some of the benefits are worthwhile and a good return on investment. But at the end of the day, it's a splurge. You're going to a suite. You're going to pay extra for it, a lot more probably than you would for the other rooms. But it's a really cool experience. I, I go back and forth whether or not we'll we'll stay in a suite. I think we have maybe one or two booked uh, between any cruises we have going forward. For us. Almost every time, booking a suite is a booking of opportunity because, again, the price difference or the gap between what we have currently booked and the and the suite is so insubstantial or has come down to a point where we say, okay, you know what? For this, it's worth it to splurge. Um, you're never really, I don't think, ever going to get to a point, very rarely. I'm sure it's happened before, but very rarely will you ever get to a point where you say, oh, well, you know, you're losing money by not doing it or there's a huge benefit to it. It's, it's very rare for it to occur. So really, if you're going into booking a suite, you should be looking at it as, well, you know what? There's a special celebration or we just want to treat ourselves. This is what it's all about and being able to take advantage of that. It's, it's a great feeling when you stay in one. You feel like a million bucks. You don't necessarily have to pay a million dollars, but you feel like a million bucks. And it's, it's a really nice thing. So hopefully everybody listening to this episode will have a chance to try it out one day uh, for their cruise. But if you haven't, don't sweat it. You know, it was a while before I got there. And hopefully at some point the the math and the logic and the and the and the luck will come in your favor and you'll be able to snag yourself a suite for your next Royal Caribbean cruise. All right, it's time to answer your listener emails. You can always send me your email so I can read it on an upcoming episode by sending it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. 
Our first email is from Joe, who writes, I followed your blog for a while, but I'm a new convert to podcasting thanks to Cruise Tips TV. Just finished episode 297, and I love the fact that I have 296 more to listen to. I'm a Royal Caribbean-only cruiser, and my sailing on, Royal, on Oasis of the Season in December will be number 13 on Royal Caribbean. Thanks for your expertise, and happy sailings to you. Joe, welcome aboard. Glad to have you here as a listener, and I'm so glad that uh, you got a chance to find out about the podcast. Thanks to uh, Cruise Tips TV. Sherry does a great job over there, and uh, I'm I'm happy you're here for the ride. So enjoy, and hopefully we'll be able to hear. Don't be a stranger. That, that's the bottom line. So I tell people all the time, don't be a stranger when it comes to this podcast. Questions, comments, ideas, always welcome to send them in. Uh, next, we have an email from Dean from Sydney, Australia. Where I time out, I've been meaning to write you for a little while, but every time I do, I write enough for a 22-page novel. So I'm going to try and shorten it down to, dot, to bullet points so this entire email isn't just my email. There are some key points I wanted to discuss for my 11-night South Pacific cruise on Explorer of the Seas from last November that my girlfriend and I took out of Sydney. Embarkation day was a bit of a mess. No part was Royal Caribbean's fault. It was all thanks to the Australian border security. Slow and not a good look to our overseas passengers joining us. Once on board, the crew were so helpful, the Royal Caribbean experience had really gotten started. I pre-booked the first night done right package and headed straight to Chop's Grill to book a 7 p.m. dinner, but was talked out of it and decided to change to a 5.30 dinner take advantage of the floor-to-ceiling windows as we were leaving Sydney Harbor. This was the best decision ever because it gave us a great view and a great meal, the best steak I've ever had in my life uh, on during embarkation. Holiday decorations were nowhere to be seen, and later we found out that the container with all the decorations was lost in transit, which was a big bummer. Uh, we had a few rough days at sea due to high winds and motion in the ocean, which stopped us from being able to use the pool for the first few days. The main dining room was honestly the best place to eat on board. I've never had a bad meal, and the wait staff there were amazing. Huge shout-out to our waiter that we called Hulk. <laughs> Uh, this cruise was special because it was our first vacation I ever took with my girlfriend, but it was even more special because of our pros on board. After dinner on our first formal night, we walked back to the cabin that I decked out with rose petals, LED candles, and Polaroids. It was a night never to forget. However, unfortunately, Royal Caribbean didn't seem to be very cooperative, and it's been a lot of help when I asked. The only advice they gave me before I was getting on was for the room decorations for our cabin that aren't even available during our sailing. Nonetheless, I did everything I could, and I think it paid off. The nightly shows were just okay. There were too many music-based shows, and the only shows overall that stood out to me was the comedic duo Scared Weird Little Guys. Explorer of the Seas is a fantastic vessel. The size is absolutely perfect, and our inside promenade view stateroom was great as it gave us the opportunity to people watch instead of just looking out into the ocean. The Windjamere was fine enough with lunch and dinner being quite nice. However, I felt breakfast was the same thing every day. By lunch on day four, the hamburger and hot dog buns and the Windjammer had gone stale, but it didn't seem like anyone was going to change them. Because by eight, day eight or day nine, they were rock hard. I didn't even want to see what they were like on day 11. As we only had the soda package, Cafe Promenade became our nightly spot for free coffee and hot chocolate available. The pizza at there was also delicious. I think I had about 493 pieces by the end of the cruise. When it came to disembarkation, our buffet breakfast in the main dining room was a nice send-off. However, after uh, things that were a little confusing, we knew which lounge to go to and the time to be there, but about 10 minutes before our allocated time to disembark, people kept leaving the lounge. So I asked a staff member if I could clear to get off the ship, and she said it was fine. I'm not sure if this was an announcement that I missed or if it was ever going to be one, but I'm not really sure what it would have happened if I didn't ask. Overall, I loved every minute of the cruise and can't wait to go back. Unfortunately, my next cruise on Royal Caribbean 
uh, won't be on Royal Caribbean as it's over New Year's, and Royal Caribbean was $3,500 more compared to other cruises around the same time. Before I go, I just want to thank you for everything you do to make it my wait for my next cruise that much shorter by listening to you. Uh, P.S. I love the way you pronounce Cairns, but if you want to know how you really pronounce it, it's Cairns. Us Australians are really lazy when it comes to speaking. Cheers. <laughs> All right, Dean from Cairns. Uh, Australia. Dean, great email. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, great review. Love hearing that. Congratulations on getting engaged, dude. That's great news. Let's move on to our next email. It is from uh, Adam from the great state of Ohio. Writes, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I love learning all new cruise tips and ideas every episode I listen to. So I have a few questions pertaining to my upcoming sailing. My girlfriend and I are going on uh, Alaska, going to Alaska in July of 2019, leaving from Seward and heading south to Vancouver. We have most of our excursions booked except for Skagway. We're in Skagway all day from 8 a.m. till 9 p.m., a full day of activities. There are so many options I read about that are appealing to us, such as renting a car and driving into Canada, taking the ferry over to Haines, or hiking part of the Chilkoot Trail on surrounding areas. Do you have any recommendations on either of those or something different? I know you were up in Skagway for the group cruise last summer and hosted a group podcast, but it didn't sound like many of the people on the podcast did anything that I was looking into. Sounds like they all took the train. We're taking the train from Anchor to Stewart, so I'm not I'm not sure I'm up for a train ride. Also, we have the three-night dining package booked. So excited to try Izumi. My question is, is gratuity included in the package of the price of the package? Obviously, if we have great service, I would leave an extra tip, but I want to make sure I'm not shortchanging the hardworking staff. Is the possibility of buying alcohol included in the $35 they gave you for Izumi? Our second sailing is a Southern Caribbean sailing during New Year's Eve of 2019 on Vision of the Seas. Disappointed we didn't select the group cruise on Freedom, but Vision is uh, the itinerary that they're doing seems a tad bit better for for what we're looking to do. But I will for sure need to do a group cruise in the future to meet all you fine folks. Thank you for the suggestion for MEI Travel. Our travel agent was able to get us a really great rate compared to our current Royal Caribbean online pricing. But I do have two questions. I noticed on the cruise planner there are no dining packages yet. Are dining packages not a thing on smaller Vision class ships, or is it simply too far out? Also, I was looking at the coffee card, so I was $31 for 15 drinks. That seems like a great savings, because the last cruise I was on, it seemed like all the fancy schmancy coffee drinks my girlfriend likes were $4 or so. So that seems like an instant savings. But I was wondering if one of us got the card, are we able to order multiple drinks at the same time? We will only drink one drink each per day, and luckily I won't get the drink package. This is port-heavy cruise. Lastly... How many of the Royal Caribbean have you been on after my vision sailing? This will be my third cruise. Tell my girlfriend we're setting a goal and must go on all the ships. She's actually going on enchantment in a couple weeks, so I have to find a way to go on that one another time. Wow, Adam, a lot of questions here. Let's go backwards through these. The coffee card uh, does work exactly like you think. It's a punch card, and you can share it, um, Adam. So what you could do is go down to Cafe Promenade, or you're on vision. You go down to Cafe Latitudes. And you'll say, I'd like to have a caramel macchiato, and my girlfriend here would like to have a shot of espresso, right? That'll be two little holes, punches, on your drink card, and you can't share, which is a really nice benefit. So uh, it's it's you can't order multiple drinks at the same time. Totally cool. Great thing. If you're gonna and in your situation, Adam, it sounds like exactly what you need. In terms of the dining packages, dining packages are offered on Vision of the Seas, but as you observed, it's probably just simply too far out. And when you book a cruise and you're more than certainly six months out, maybe even closer to a year or beyond, you may find not a whole lot of choices to book on your cruise planner. Don't worry, it will eventually show up there, but there's no rhyme or reason as to when it shows up. So you just have to keep checking back. So if you don't see the drink package or dining packages, you gotta keep checking back. Now, one thing to keep in mind, Adam, is you're on a holiday sailing. And on holiday sailings, they sometimes don't offer 
dining packages. So uh, since you're going over New Year's Eve, if you are actually sailing over New Year's Eve, you may not have the opportunity to buy a dining package. When I cruised on, what ship was it? Oh, on Symphony of the Seas over Thanksgiving, they didn't offer them either. So generally, and I say generally because there, there are exceptions to this, but Royal Caribbean doesn't offer dining packages over holiday sailings because people are going to buy the book, the especially restaurants anyway. So uh, keep an eye out for it. But because you're over holiday selling, you may not see it. When you're with, if you do have the three-night dining package, you mentioned, oh, on uh, Explorer the Seas, uh, going down to, or I'm not sure what ship you're going on. But anyway, you go to Alaska, you go to Izumi, $35 stipend you get that does not include alcohol. It's for food only. So if you want to buy alcohol or you want to order alcohol, you have to pay for that extra on top of whatever your, your stipend is. And in terms of tipping, when you're getting it, when you, Use a dining package and you eat at any restaurant. It will tell you at the bottom of the receipt if gratuity is included or not. So you'll see it'll be very clear. It'll say, you know, gratuity is already included with this. However, please feel free to, to you know, add your own. Um, so, but it'll be very uh, crystal clear as to what to expect. And your last question or your first question really was about uh, what to do in uh, Skagway. Skagway, there's a lot of time and I think a lot of people tend to do multiple things. It really depends what you're looking to do. When we went to Skagway, we did the Hum V tour. So we rented uh, Hummers H3s and drove into Canada. It was really cool. I would tell you if I could do it over again, I would rent my own car or do a more private option. The reason being is we passed a lot of stuff along the way that I would have loved to have stopped at. But because it was a group tour, you know, there were like, I think there were like four Humvees in the group. We had to, we had a, we had a schedule to maintain. And so we just went, you know, from point A to point B to point B C to point D, which was cool, don't get me wrong, but there were probably two or three things I would have liked to have stopped at. So either I would have rented a car on my own, or I would have simply, there was actually a, hum, the, the company that does the Humvee tours did say they have a private option, which I probably would have preferred to have done anyway. But regardless, um, that was really cool. That lasted, even that, that was really early in the morning, and I think we were back by about lunchtime or so. So again, it depends what you're looking to do. I think a lot of people tend to do like two things during the day. They may start out with like, I know a friend of mine did the uh, me, did the puppy, the, the sled dog puppy meet and greet thing, which I did in Juneau, and then had lunch in town, and then we did some shopping afterwards. You know, there's, I think in most cases, because you're there for such a long time, 12, 13 hours, there's enough time to do a lot of stuff. And also don't forget that time of year, the sun really doesn't go down. So it, you know, it doesn't get dark until like midnight or so. So there's plenty of sunlight to enjoy those kind of activities. So again, you might consider doing two things instead of just dedicating yourself to one thing, which usually is the case in most ports. But in Alaska, you've got so much more time up there. Uh, it makes more sense, I think, in a lot of cases to go that route. So hopefully that makes some sense there. Uh, we have, speaking of questions, we have another question from Danielle Evans, a.k.a. Danielle from ATL, who writes, I love the Rogue Blog Podcast. After hearing about your Cuba trip on Majesty of the Seas, I was determined to check out Havana myself. I've been on nine Royal Caribbean ships in the past, but never on a smaller ship like Majesty. And even though I knew her size was still comparable to many large ships on the cruise lines, I was hesitant to book until your podcast on it aired. So... Me and my boyfriend finally got over our fear of smaller ships and are heading out on a five-night cruise on Majesty with an overnight in Havana, and I am ecstatic, but I still have four questions. Number one, with an overnight in Havana, Cuba, how easy is it to get on and off the ship multiple times? Do you have to go through customs process each time you step off the ship? I believe, well, getting off the ship is easy. When you're, anytime a Royal Caribbean ship does an overnight, it's like a hotel. You just walk in, walk off whenever you'd like to do. You, From what I understand, I haven't done this, but I've, I've heard from others, you still have to go through customs in the sense of there's the process there, but I think once you're processed, there's an easier option to get back and forth. Uh, I, I could be wrong on this, 
but I had been told that, like, the first time you have to go through customs, like, you know, in the morning, right? When you first get off, there's going to be a line. It's Everyone's going through that situation. But you, know, you go back to the ship at, you know, 4 o'clock, and you want to come back off the ship at 6 o'clock p.m., the su- subsequent times off should be a little bit easier and quicker for you to do. Number two, Danielle writes, traveling in October means traveling at the end of hurricane season. I was told by Royal Caribbean that I shouldn't worry too much, as it's the very end of hurricane season, and the likelihood of bad weather is slim. But... Being on a smaller ship, or it's about rough water. Should be worried about the possibility of seasickness or discomfort. I would tell you, Daniel, no. And the reason why I tell you no is for a couple of reasons. Number one, Cuba is very close to the United States. Uh, it's not very deep water, so it's not like you're going well into, you know, areas that are more affected. Like when you're in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, as an example. Number two, if there is a storm, Royal Caribbean does not put its ships in the way. They're not going to be like, well, you got a hurricane, Danielle. Oops. Well, enjoy the process. No. If there's a hurricane that's going to get in the way of your ship, of where you're supposed to be, you're going somewhere else. So you should be aware that there is a possibility that there could be a hurricane and it could go right over Cuba and you would not end up going to Cuba. It's possible. Is it likely? No, I agree with what they told you there that it's unlikely, but there is still that chance. So you should be very aware. Anybody booking a cruise in her anytime, it's not just hurricanes, bad weather happens throughout the year, but you should be aware that there's always a possibility that you may not be able to get to the port you're looking to do. So it'd be disappointing. I'm not going to deny that, but you should be aware of that possibility. But if there is a storm, your ship's not going anywhere near it. You're going to, you could reverse the itinerary to avoid the storm and then come back in after it's over. You may change itineraries altogether. There's a variety of options available to you. Cancellation is largely um, unlikely. It certainly can happen, but it's unlikely to occur. And I, I you know, the end, you're going in uh, October is the pro, the, End of October is very different than the beginning of October. Uh, September and October are the peak of hurricane season, but the end of it is November. And by the time you get to around, you know, Halloween, you really have kind of, you know, it's, it's really is the tail end of the whole thing. So they're not, they're not telling you incorrect information. I just want you to understand that there is always the possibility and you shouldn't just assume that it's not going to happen. Because the last thing I want to hear is like, oh my gosh, you know, we, we had our hearts out on this. They said it wasn't going to be an issue and it was an issue. Look, it could happen. Is it likely to happen? No. I cruise every year in September. I love cruising in September. It's the height of hurricane season. But I don't go through hurricanes. You know, you just have to be okay with the idea that maybe guys here will change. Um, but in terms of seasickness or discomfort, no. Again, you're going to avoid the storm. You're not going to be near it. They're very good about that kind of stuff. Number three. Danielle writes, speaking of October, we're going to be in Cuba on Halloween. Would we be out of place dressing up in costume on the ship that evening? No, on the ship, absolutely not. There's be, In fact, there'll be probably a lot of celebrations for, uh, for Halloween. There's going to be probably costume contests, trick-or-treating. You should absolutely bring your costume. I think you, you'd you feel almost, almost the opposite, out of place if you didn't bring one. And lastly, our other stop is Key West, Florida. Any suggestions on things to do or should we stay on the ship? No, go explore Key West. If you've never been to Key West, explore, the, explore Key West. Key West probably is best known, in my opinion, for uh, its, its history and also shopping slash dining. So uh, there's a lot of great uh, history in Key West. You've got uh, the Hemingway's house. There's the um, there's the quote-unquote White House that President Truman stayed in. Uh, there's a lot of other great histor- historical uh, areas and elements of Key West. So you should, have, you should definitely explore that. And on top of that, you've also got some great dining around, whether it's you're looking for Cuban food or just uh, some, some good... Uh, fresh cooking. There's a lot of great stuff to eat there. Great bars also. Man, if you're into bar hopping, Key West is a great spot for that. I think you'll like that quite a bit. So, Danielle, hopefully that answers your e- your questions there. Really appreciate the email. Thank you for sending it in. We have time for one more email today. 
And we're going to head over to my very good friend, Cruz and Susan, who writes, Hi, Matt, I was just listening to your latest podcast, and a listener asked me about planning things on Anthem of the Seas. When we went last year, there were two stations set up on the Station 270 where you could do your bookings for all activities and dining. I used the Royal IQ app to change the dining reservations as well. Just made our final payment for our Alaska cruise. So excited. Awesome, Susan. Thank you for alerting us to that, because it is really important to understand that if you're on a cruise ship, like Anthem of the Seas. Most ships do this also if you have the ability to pre-book entertainment, but there's like little stations set up to pre-book that stuff. So as Susan mentioned, if you're going to Anthem of the Seas and you haven't booked North Star or uh, Ripcord by iFly or maybe even time on the Flowrider if you want a more of a lesson, this is a really good place to go. And they set up these stations to make it a little bit easier, almost like a clearinghouse, rather than making you go from here to here to here to here to book all these individual things. They can do it in one spot. Oftentimes, you'll see some, a similar approach, things like specialty dining, where you make stop in one place and make specialty reservations for every specialty restaurant on the ship. So great tip, Susan. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Welcome Blog Podcast. And of course, if you want to send me your emails, just like Cruz and Susan, you can do so. Whether it's a whether it's a great tip, a question about your upcoming sailing, or maybe you read something on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com you want to talk about, this is your opportunity to do so. Send it to Matt M A T T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.